on the Newman Jets Audio Network. This is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by Ascension Via Christi, Donlinger Construction, Pizza Ranch, Mel Hambledon Ford, Eck Agency, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, Big Corner Creative, and by Pepsi. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Krebs. Welcome back to the JetCast, episode 75, and I know that it's a little bit deep into the season, but it's actually time to meet yet another staff member, another new coach here at Newman University, the head athletic performance coach. He's the fourth strength and conditioning coach in the history of Newman Athletics. Graham Sokol joins us here on episode 75 of the JetCast. Coach Sokol, great to have you on the program. Thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, Coach, from Louisiana Lafayette to the University of Florida to North Northwestern State, you have made the rounds here and now here at Newman. Uh, first of all, welcome to Wichita, but I know for our listeners, they'll be interested to know that you're no stranger to Kansas, not your first trip to the Sunflower State. Yes, sir. Not my first trip. Uh, I actually came to Kansas first 2016. I went to Barton County uh, Community College and uh, competed in track and field there and graduated in 2018. We also won a national title my uh, my sophomore year there. So, And you were participating in the throwing events. Correct. What exactly were you throwing? So I threw uh, the hammer and the weight and the discus. Okay. Most uh, Probably most notable at the – at the hammer okay and then obviously went on to perform as a warhawk down at louisiana lafayette well actually as a cajun actually maybe a raging cajun i'm thinking of ulm yeah the louisiana monroe so how did you transition from being a track and field athlete obviously pretty accomplished at your sport when did you decide that getting into training and then specifically being a strength and conditioning coach was where you wanted to go with your career well, I would say very early on I, I made that decision kind of that this was a route I, I wanted to take. As soon as I sort of found out about the profession, I was probably uh, 16 years old. And um, part of me getting into college athletics, I mean, that was definitely something I wanted to do in the first place. But that was part of the reason I knew it would be an easier transition into becoming a strength coach if I participated in college athletics before that. Sure. Well, and what, what did you get out of, I mean, what do you remember the most from being, I'm sure you had plenty of your own workouts that you guys had to do that were tailored not just for your event, but also for your general health. Mm-hmm. What was it about participating in those events that kind of cemented that for you that, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do once my throwing career is done? Well, I think, um, from from a science standpoint, really just it fascinates me to understand what we can kind of get out of the human body and different training stimuluses and how that can affect different things within sports. So it was kind of just that realization that, that kind of pushed me in that direction. Coming up on the show, we'll actually be talking to one of the athletes he's going to be training, actually going to be training 
just after we get done recording here today, Mackenzie Weaver off of the volleyball team and also will be joined by volleyball assistant coach Sarowski for the first time, making his JetCast debut here coming up on the show today. When you're dealing with an athlete, let's go to an athlete like Mackenzie who's got uh, some bangs and bruises, got a knee that she's uh, been working on trying to keep healthy. How do you modify or adjust training programs depending on different positions, different players, and obviously they're different injuries because, you know, the same workout that a guard in basketball might want to do might be a little different for a center or a forward. So how do you kind of integrate all that into a program for the team, but then also wanting to individualize for each individual player? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's uh, it's a balance because, you know, physiology will stay the same pretty much for everybody. But, um, of course, we got different needs of different sports. So we have to address what we're trying. We have to first understand what we're trying to accomplish. And then we have to address that VR training. And with a special case like Mackenzie Weaver, where she's been beat pretty bad. (laughs) um, (laughs) She wears a lot of ice, doesn't she? She absolutely does. She absolutely does. So we're constantly, you know, I'm I'm checking with Coach Compton. And me and her have constant communication on where Mackenzie's at and as well with our athletic training staff, and we're just trying to figure out the best way to keep her in one piece and keep her on the court. What, what is it? What's it been like working with our, our longtime head trainer, Coach Clark? Coach Clark, man, Coach Clark's been great. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have a pretty good relationship. I'll stop by here and there, and we'll we'll chat a little bit, and, and the whole training staff has really been good, so yeah. Is this your first head coaching job? Yes, sir. So what, obviously, that's a, a big appeal for you. What's do you think been the biggest difference you've been an assistant at different levels of being an assistant at, you know, obviously I mentioned Louisiana Lafayette, Florida, Northwestern state. So you've been at very different levels and you've been at, you know, in the sec at the highest level of athletics. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest difference for you being the head coach and having that additional responsibility. You've got a graduate assistant that you've just brought on. So you've got to manage staff and you're kind of the guy in charge of the whole program. What kind of challenges does that bring to you? Yeah, there's definitely um, a lot of challenges that in previous positions I didn't even really consider. So I guess, I mean, one of them is just logistic stuff, planning budgets, you know, trying to organize things the way we need to organize in the weight room, scheduling. You know, I never had to do that in the past. So things like that, of course. But, um, you know, it's not too much of it changes of course more responsibility and then the other part is managing staff and kieran's been great the guy we just brought on as a graduate assistant but we had some interns and one of them was really good and one of them was really bad so we've had to kind of sure deal with different things throughout that but yeah it's been a learning process and and yeah a lot of the things you mentioned are things that we've been having to figure out. So Well, and you have moved in. I'm not sure. It, what level is Northwestern State at? Uh, they're NCAA. They're F- FCS. Okay, so they're FCS. So it'd be like kind of one double A for those of you used to the old vernacular. Uh, is this your first D2 stop? Yes. Uh, uh, how much... If anything, did you know about the MIAA? Obviously, in several sports, including one of the ones that we're following right now, volleyball, and certainly a couple that we'll be following here on the Newman Jets Audio Network in a couple of months in terms of men's and women's basketball. This is a very, very highly accomplished and very competitive conference. How much did you know about the MIAA before you took the Newman job? Well, I would say, I mean, I wasn't um, 
I wasn't unfamiliar with the conference at all because being in Kansas my my two years here as a JUCO athlete, we would see we went to Pitt State several times. We went to um, Emporia State several times. So we had been all over in a lot of these schools that are in the MIAA and competed against a lot of those athletes and really high-level conference, you know, I would say probably one of the best conferences in Division Two. So I was I was vaguely familiar. How do you have to change what you do when you're training a team in season, preseason, and postseason? Because you know, as with a Division Two level program, and it's like this at many Division Twos, maybe not everyone, but many Division Twos across the country. It's not like it is at KU where you'll have you know maybe one strength and conditioning coach will only work with the football team and one will only work with the men's basketball team. At this level, you typically have to work with everybody or half the teams at the school. So for you, you've got several teams right now that you're training that are in season. Mm-hmm. You've got obviously men's and women's basketball, wrestling that are getting ready for their season. And then, you know, maybe more of a postseason type of atmosphere for baseball and softball who are training. They're doing their fall drills. You can hear the ping of the bats out there at, uh, at McCarthy Field a lot and the softball girls are out there at the softball field almost every night it seems like practicing Mm -hmm. but how do you kind of tailor programs depending on what sport what part of the season that sport happens to be in yeah so I mean it really I would say in the most general way of thinking about it if we're out of season we're starting with more general type stuff so higher volume stuff just kind of get them into shape get them conditioned get them ready to play their sport and then as we move into um you know, a preseason, we're getting closer to what they what is the requirements of the sport. So we're really getting focused on that. Then in season, a lot of it, like with volleyball, it's been so far, we're just trying to keep them into one piece. Um, <laughs> cross country is a little different right now because they're getting closer to the end of their season. So we're looking at peaking them and making them sure. able to perform the best they can at their at their championship track meet there. But so it uh it'll vary a little bit, but that's kind of what it looks like now and when we get closer to you know the end of the season for volleyball we'll be doing similar things that we're doing with cross country making sure they're ready to go now you've talked a lot about what got you into this which was the science Mm -hmm. and you know obviously i'm sure that the list of science courses you had to take to to be qualified for this job is probably long and numerous you know biology physiology and and a lot of ologies that that go into (laughs) being a strength and conditioning coach but what is it about the science because you'll read people and there are so many you know people on tiktok and twitter and facebook that'll tell you well this is the way you need to train and this is what you need to eat and and all this stuff how do you cut through all of that to make sure that you're providing the the jets with the best and and obviously you know science is always changing as well so how do you kind of you know digest all of that and then present the the best to to the best of your ability the latest and and best science to the athletes to be able to get their performance to the highest level possible yeah so i mean with the social medias and things it's probably the worst and best thing for our profession because it's so much garbage and then there's a lot of good stuff too so sure it really just depends on who they're deciding to follow and, um, you know, it could be good or it could be bad. But Obviously, they check with Coach Sokol first, right? I, I would hope so, but, uh, I mean, who knows, man. A lot, Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. But from my standpoint, I mean, it's, there's a lot of kind of pseudoscience, right? There's, like, 
what works on paper and in literature, right? Like we'll look at a lot of peer reviewed stuff. Um, and then it's also how, how is that practical for our situation and how can we apply that? So a little bit of both. How know? much do you, do you coach any of the athletes on, or, or do they ask you at all about like nutrition, about what do I need to eat? You know, when do I eat? What do I need to drink? How much did, is that something that you go over with the athletes? You know, for, for me right now, what we try to do is keep it very general. The one thing that we're doing now here at Newman that I don't believe has ever been done before is I brought in a nutritionist who's local to the area and she's now became a resource for all our athletes. So she comes in a couple times a month and gives them talks and then they'll also be able to reach out to her whenever, um, whenever they have a question come up or they have specific, specific questions they need answered. So for me, I just try to, yeah, get some food, get some sleep, get some water, but I don't want to go too deep into her territory. So final question for you. Mm -hmm. You're in the middle of year one. You were hired in July. Where do you want the program to be once we're at your second July, come Independence Day next year? What are some goals that you want to have accomplished for year one or maybe things that you want to start building as you go into year two? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing really is just increasing our athletic capacity. I think just becoming better athletes and, and hopefully we continue to to build on that outside of that there's things within the department that i'd love to see improved upon you know like we could maybe use some renovations and things of that nature but sure. um but really that's our biggest goal that's that's uh that's the day-to-day stuff and that's what we care about but there's other things that we could definitely address that i'd like to work on but that's our priority Graham Sokol, the new head athletic performance coach for the Jets, now in his first year. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. When we come back, we're going to be talking to an athlete who's going to be training with him. Actually, just after we get done uh, recording today, Mackenzie Weaver joins us next on the JetCast. Let's face it. It's been a while since you updated your kitchen and bathroom. And while they fit your style when your house was built, styles change. Or maybe the space just isn't fitting your current needs. That's where Keystone Solid Surfaces comes in. Keystone is the premier fabricator and installer of quartz, granite, and solid surfaces in Kansas. And with their huge brand new showroom at 1655 North Wabash in Wichita, providing the perfect inspiration, the possibilities are truly endless. That's why when it's time for an upgrade, the key is Keystone. KeystoneSolidSurfaces.com or find great specials on Facebook. Hi friends, Phil Nightingale, General Manager of Mel Hamilton Ford. It's hard to believe, but Mel Hamilton Ford moved out to the big corner of 119th and West Kellogg 20 years ago. At Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers is our number one priority. As our team continues to grow, we never forget our employees make the difference with our customers. When you're deciding where to purchase a car or have service work done, choose us. I promise you, our experienced team will take great care of you, whatever you need. Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers since 1984. Experience the difference. Back here on the JetCast as the volleyball team is getting set for yet another top 25 battle coming up on Saturday. They've had the Tuesday game. They are actually off on Friday, but they've got the number 10 team in the country. The Bearcats of Northwest Missouri State are coming in 3 o'clock 
first serve at the gate. Joining me, junior setter off of the Newman Jets volleyball team. They are 7-12 on the year, 2-7 in the MIAA, 5'8 junior from Lansing, Kansas. Mackenzie Weaver joins me on the JetCast. Mackenzie, so great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for yes, the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Well, you guys, it seems like you have played such long matches, such long sets, and Tuesday was no exception, a sweep down at Edmond at the hands of number 24, Central Oklahoma. So I think it's going to end up being something like four, three of four, or four of five matches against the top 25. Yes. So there really is no break. Um, the Southern Nazarene match, I know, was a disappointing effort for you guys. You guys came back and didn't get a win on the road in the MIAA on this three-match road swing, but much, much more competitive. How important do you think it was for the team to come back after that loss to the Crimson Storm and at least put some good sets on the board? And you certainly did taking one from Central Missouri, and then uh, we'll get to that third set in a moment against Central Oklahoma. Yes. Well, that last game on last Tuesday with Nazarene, we definitely were in a little bit of a rut. I'm sure if you guys all were watching, we kind of – Started off not as strong, didn't really end strong. We just, we have like a bad problem of like Tuesday games, like, oh, we're in the middle of the week. Like we have classes and all the above, but we're finally like, we were talking to the team. We're like, okay, like th this can't keep happening. Like we got to start playing against, like not playing down to their level and start playing like how we know how to play to every single team. And so last, I mean, last night we kind of were like, okay, like who cares if they're a top 25 team? Like everyone, like there can be, everyone's the same. Like we all, like we know we can beat these big teams. Like we're all on the same level. No one's better than us by any means. So we can just keep fighting out and well, I, and it, this has been building, and uh, you know, I know that Coach Compton has been looking like, well, when's that? When do we get that win? When do we get that second set? You know, and because you guys have been so close in so many matches, even going back to last year. Yes, and always. then this season, you know, you play Washburn very tough. You go to extra points. Yes, you take a set from Nebraska Kearney. You take a set from Central Missouri, mm -hmm. and then. 31-29 oh, in the third set. <laughs> yes. You guys are down 24-20 mm -hmm. and put a 6-1 run on the Broncos. Mm -hmm. um, what was the key to that run? And how do you and the team, what's the biggest thing? Because every point in volleyball, once you're past 20, really, and when both teams are right there, there's so much pressure on every oh, yeah. single point because in volleyball, you know, a one-point lead can turn into a 3-0 run the other way or the match is over mm -hmm. just in a blink. Oh, yes. So oh, how yes. do you have to keep yourself focused? And then obviously um, you guys have been able to capture momentum late in sets to give yourself a chance. Oh, yes. We like – like, we like being down. We like the little catch-up game. Like, if we're down by six points, we're like, okay, let's go on a big run. Let's make it up and at least tie it up. Like, beat them a little bit. I mean, we just build off momentum. Whenever we have the serve and we have that momentum, we can take over teams. But as soon as we get in those ruts, like, we'll stay in a rotation for, for probably about five, six points. And then we'll come back the next rotation and – beat them back up by six points because sure. we just like that catch-up game. But, of course, like this point in the season, we're trying to, like, flip that switch and trying to, like, go from, okay, they can't have this many runs on us, but we're going to keep pushing and keep having the runs on them. So kind of flipping, like, the little situation going on. 
So we're, we're trying. We're trying to get that mindset down. McKinsey Weaver is averaging 10 assists per set. She is actually in the top five in the country in total assists this year. When did you figure out that being a setter was going to be your position in volleyball? Oh, gosh. I Ever since I was little, I've played every position. Okay. Like, setting was actually my last position I've played. Really? Yes. So, like, my I got hurt my well, my freshman year of high school. Okay. So, like, that was with hitting. And I was like, okay, I can't keep hurting myself hitting. And that just caused so much injury. So, I was like, okay, like, I was up for a challenge. Like, okay, let me try something new. Let me broaden my horizons and see what else I can try and accomplish in those positions. So my coach finally put me at setter, and they're like, okay, like you're a good leader. So you're a good leader on the court, so I think this would be a great position for you. I was like, okay. So I tried it my junior year of high school, and ever since then, I've been a setter. Been a setter. Yes. So what, what do you think is the biggest difference for, since you've played all the other positions? So I'm mm-hmm. assuming defensive specialist, yes. libero, yes. outside hitter. Did you play, ever play any middle? Actually, my first year of volleyball, I did play middle. Did play some yes. middle blocker. <laughs> yes. So you, you have literally played every yes. position. What is the, diff, the biggest difference for setting versus any of the other spots? You have to touch every ball. Like everything is – every single set, like every single point, you're going to be touching every ball. Like you have to put up the best ball for – you have to make everything better. So if it's a bad pass – you're going to have to make it better for the next person. But if it's a good pass, you're still going to have to make it better for the next sure. person. So, like, you have to have that. Like, you can't not, like, it's very hard to make mistakes when you're touching the ball every time. So, like, you have to be consistent and keep keep pushing and stay all neutral because well, you know, that's you, what it is. You and there's so many different preferences mm-hmm. on the team. Do you try to have, you know, do you have in your mind, like, okay, I know that Abby likes to get set these balls. I know that Riley likes these. Oh, yes. Ozzy needs to get set. Oh, yes. This posi- How in the world do you keep track of that? If I'm being honest, it's very hard to keep track of all of it. It's just kind of like a natural instinct now. Sure. Like, I'm just kind of like, okay, I know who I have at the, like, front of the lineup. So, I'm like, okay, if I know Riley's out there, she wants a fastball, like, tie. If Ozzy's out there, like, okay, she wants a higher than Abby. Sure. Like, I just have to know who's up there and – it's quick thinking. It's literally right off my head. Oh, how do you make the decision? Because even when you have different players, mm-hmm. you know, different players can swing and be successful on different balls. Like yes. you might give a quick ball to Abby, mm-hmm. but there was one match when I, it may have been Emporia State where Abby was just absolutely killing them on the slide. Yes, yes. And so you kept setting the slide, obviously, oh, yes. and it was. I mean, they they could not stop it. No. So how do you make how do you make the decision of who you're setting? And what kind of set you're giving them? Let's mm. assume that you're in in system. Okay. For those of you who don't necessarily know the parlance <laughs> means, at least as it's been explained to me, mm-hmm. is that you have three options or more. Yes. That you can set to because the pass has been good enough. Yes. It's at the point where you like it and you feel like you can go to one of three, and that's where you want to be because mm-hmm. that is how the defense they have to guard three people instead yes. of maybe just one or two. So if you're in system, it's perfect. <laughs> how do you make that decision of who to give the set to? And what kind of set to give them? Well, I would say it all depends on the other side mainly. So when I get that second ball, I'm looking at the blockers. I'm like, okay, on the other side, I'm like, okay, where are they standing? Where are they mainly leaning towards? And then next, I'm like, okay, who's the hot hitter? Sure. Who's the one that's on fire? Who's getting all these kills? And then pretty much from there, that's who I'm going to. 
It's, it, it feels a lot like, to use a football analogy, a lot like a quarterback. Yes. Because you yes. you're reading the defense. And, you know, I know that there's not necessarily, you know, the same kind of plays. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you are kind of calling plays. Yes. I definitely, you can tell, like, I always have people tell me, oh, you're the QB1. <laughs> like, yes, like, I am the QB1. Like, there's a lot of same similarities between football, QBs, and setters. Well, when you get in the huddle, do you ever tell, like, do you tell one of your hitters like Hannah, hey, I want you to approach from this angle, or I want you to go. The, I'm going to give you this ball. Is that something that you guys talk well, about? Well, yeah, like sometimes I'll be like, hey, like if it was a bad stuff, like oh, I'll get you out more, or be like oh, like do you need a higher? Do you need a lower? Like do you need it faster? Like we sure. all try to work with each other. Like I'm trying to give them the best ball that I can, and of they of course want to do the best they can with whatever set I give them. And one one thing that Coach Compton has said is that there are a lot of setters that you know they want to set. And that's what they're out there for. They're out there to play offense, mm-hmm. and obviously that's your number one job. Mm-hmm. But the best setters also play defense. Oh, of course. And you and you, you know, on those plays, obviously when you're digging, you're not setting, which is not fun. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you can be a critical part of the mm-hmm. defense. I mean, I, I remember you had a 25 dig match not too far away. That was your career high in yes. digs. So how do you, you know, you kind of have to be selfless in some respects too, because mm-hmm. you're putting the team first. Obviously, you guys can't score if they score oh yeah definitely like I defense is the main thing like volleyball is defense like you I mean of course yes I play defense first like I try to think like okay and I've told you I've played every position so I respect every single every single position on the court I'm like okay I do need to play defense first to help my teammates out because if it if I miss a dig that's like like, oh that's on me I'm sorry but but yes I try my hardest to play defense first and then do my of course like setting is my main job but I count defense as my biggest priority also now assistant coach Sorowski he's going to be joining us here in a second he was hired by coach Lugo last year kind of started the rebuilding Mm -hmm. process was retained by coach Compton and since he's going to be our next guest on the show I got to ask you about him what's it what's it like to be coached by coach Sorowski what's the coaching style of coach Sorowski he's definitely very technical you can tell he's finally this year getting comfortable with us he's finally telling us like things we need to work on like he's not afraid to let me know like hey like you need to step up your game. Like, this is how I need you to step up your game. Like, okay, like, I'm going to respond back to him. Like, yes, like, you, I agree. Like, I do need to step up my game. Like, this is what – and he would, like, say it in, like, a tactical, tactical way. Sure. Like, he'll pull me aside and be like, hey, like, let's think, that, let's think about this. Like, let's look at these stats. Who's on fire? Who's – I'm like, okay, so that's a part of, like, my setting decisions sure. also. Like, he's telling me who I, like – who I need to set, who's on fire, like with all the tactics and stats. So he's and been helping a lot. I also, since we happen to have the strength and conditioning coach mm-hmm. on, and you're about to go up there and yes. get worked out yes. by Coach Sokol. Uh-huh. Uh, what's Coach Sokol like? What's a Coach Sokol training session like? Um, well, for me, it's kind of different because I have many problems with my knees and stuff. So I do a little different program. Sure. But he's very open to wanting like to help me out and help me like change to adapt to what I need and what can help me exceed on the core and be stronger and be healthy. Well, and I noticed, you know, when you sat down, you've got a scar on the knee. It's, oh gosh. Yes. It's a, about that big. Just one surgery. Uh, two, two surgeries. Yes, yes. I know that, you know, 
once you got to Newman, had a patella injury in the offseason that led to more problems. Yeah. How, and you kind of, you're just always, after the match, you're always wearing oh, ice. Oh, gosh, yes. Always wearing ice with the extra wrap. How, how much are you in pain on a day-to-day basis? Um, pretty often. But that's, like, not, that's not just volleyball. Like, even if I'm offseason, like, of course I'm playing volleyball, but I'm just always going to be. In a little bit of pain, but sure. it's, yeah, it's my high injury prone type of, that's fine. When, when you got hurt in high school, was it mainly from landing? Yeah, it was landing Land- because I was an outside. Of so course. I was leaning and then I kind of landed wrong. Well, so how do you have to manage? Obviously you have the wrap, mm-hmm. you have the brace. Oh, gosh. How do you try to manage yourself on game day and then also you know you guys play almost every week this is the exception mm-hmm. but you're playing back to back oh yeah on friday saturday so it's not like basketball or mm-hmm. in high school well yeah. in high school a lot of times you're playing in Kansas, you're playing those quadrangulars and yes. triangulars so it's a little bit different it's... versus like nebraska where they'll play more best of fives on mm-hmm. like a wednesday on a wednesday saturday type of deal so yeah I, I you're more maybe you're more used to it growing up in Kansas, playing back-to-back. But still, you know, Friday to Saturday, if you've got a big five-set match yeah. on Friday, knee cannot be feeling 100% <laughs> on Saturday. I mean, I think Noah in the training room is really helping us out. Like, he's there to help. We're in there doing some rehab, like recovering as much as we can. So I think that's a big part of being able to help us out on the court. Friday, like, his back-to-back games, like, he's always – like, even even when we're away, he's like, here, I got the Norma Tech for you. Like, don't worry, <laughs> Kenzie, like – Here's the bag. So I'll do that at night, and then right before the game, I'll do Norma Tech. Like, it's just very helpful, and I think that's what's getting me through these games. Last question for you. Obviously, another big opportunity coming up on Saturday mm-hmm. against Northwest Missouri. Mm-hmm. 3 o'clock, first serve again. You can listen to the game. Newman Jets Audio Network. Watch on the MIAA Network.com. We'll have pregame coverage. I will at 245. Pregame thoughts with Coach Compton as well. Um, this Northwest Missouri team has some very, very elite hitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple players that have been honored either as a first team AVCA. That's not MIAA. That's the whole country. First team, all Americans, honorable mention, all Americans. So you're playing a team that wants to try to creep up there with Washburn Mm -hmm. and central Missouri and Nebraska Kearney and be the elite MIAA team. They've got extremely talented players as you guys have scouted them and looked at them this week. What's been the things that have jumped off the scouting report to you about the Bearcats? Well, we haven't really done stats on them yet. Gotcha. Usually we do a film like right before the game, but So that'll be so this is this is being released tonight. Yes. So that'll be probably a Thursday and Friday activity. Yes, okay. yes, when we'll look at them. But honestly going even without looking at the scouting report, they're just like every other team. We like we gotta go in with that like we can beat them mentality and we know we can. And they're just like, they're just like all the MIAA players. Like we're literally all the same. How 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 does it? I mean, it, it's so insane to me that in order to be in the top five in this conference, you have to be a top twenty-five oh, team. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't think that there's any. I know that the Northern Suns got some really good programs, but I I cannot believe. I I don't believe. I haven't looked this up. Maybe this is fake news. <laughs> but I cannot believe that there's another conference where to be in the top five in the standings, you have to be a top 25 team. How do you guys – I mean, obviously you guys have to relish the challenge or mm-hmm. else you just can't survive in a league like, yeah. like this. But how do you guys just 
you know, get each other, keep each other high because, you know, you guys can be playing at a very high level. And in another, in another oh, league, yeah. you guys are probably a top three team. Oh, yeah. But in the MIAA, you know, you have to be great to be a top five. Oh, team. yeah. And, and we're great. We have all the all of our players solid. Like we're we can challenge with every single team that we compete against and like. We just like we just have little things. Like that's the reason why we're not up there because we're not. We'll go on little runs. We'll make little errors. But player wise, we're all like we're all up there too. They're so, going to be ready yeah. for the Bearcats on Saturday, three o'clock first serve right here at the gate. Make it out if you can, McKenzie. Good luck. Thank you so much for all the right. time. Thank you so much. We're going to meet our assistant coach Sarowski making his Jetcast debut when we come back. Enjoy a fresh start to your meal at Pizza Ranch, where the salad bar is always included with your buffet. Every day, you'll find garden-fresh greens, colorful veggies, and sides for every appetite. It's the most refreshing way to balance out a meal, while leaving plenty of room for your other buffet favorites. Convenient, fast, and fresh. It's the Pizza Ranch Salad Bar. Mmm, mmm. Hi, this is Joanna Pryor, Director of Athletics at Newman University. Follow the Jets all season long by downloading the free Newman Athletics app. Get live schedules, stats, rosters, and access to live play-by-play coverage on the Newman Jets audio network by downloading the Newman Athletics app today. Download the Newman Athletics app for free on Google Play or the App Store. And don't miss a single moment of Jet Power this season. Big match coming up this weekend for Newman Jets Volleyball. Back to work in the MIAA. A Friday off, which the team probably desperately needs after another tight loss, another long third set against Central Oklahoma. But they have got the number 10 Bearcats of Northwest Missouri State coming in for a 3 o'clock tilt on Saturday. You can listen to the game on the Newman Jets Audio Network. Tanner Sorowski joins me in his second season at Newman University, hired by Coach Lugo, retained by Coach Compton, and just now making his debut on the Jetcast. So great to have you here, Coach. It's great to be here. I know. I know you're so excited to be here. He told me that he may not have been, but I know that you have to be excited about this team and what they've been able to accomplish. I know the record and the individual match results have not been what you and the ladies would have liked, but you guys have been so competitive. This three-game road trip, I know that you and Coach Compton were disappointed, came out a little flat against Southern Nazarene, but put some very good sets, some very competitive sets together, especially taking a set from Central Missouri, obviously 31-29 against Central Oklahoma. Do you feel, how important do you feel like it was for the team to come out and kind of turn the page quickly after that Tuesday night disappointment against the Crimson Storm? I'm I'm absolutely excited to be here with this team and everything, seeing the growth that the girls have had since last year and then the spring and even now, like from the very beginning of uh, this season, it's uh, astonishing, but uh, it was tough to come back from that loss against Southern Nazarene. Uh, we, I mean, they're they're a good team. Uh, I don't believe that they're better than us, but we uh, we definitely had some mental uh, issues going on that day, and so we were just kind of flat. And 
Uh, and w- but, which every team is going oh. to have a, a match like that. And even though you guys have had some flat sets, really hadn't given away too many sets other than the, the two at Fort Hayes State. I know that Coach Compton was not so happy about those, but you were able to come right back. That was really the only match of the year that you guys were not able to kind of pick yourselves up and, and give yourself a shot. But what does it say about the girls that they were able to do that, didn't have the first, the best two sets to start out against Missouri Western, but the third was very competitive, to Took a very, very good set from uh, Central Missouri. And then obviously a, a 31-29 loss coming from 24-20 down with a 6-1 run at the Broncos, number 24 team in the country. So you guys uh, picked yourselves up and gave yourself a shot in all three of those matches. Mm-hmm. I, I think what it says about our girls is that they are fully invested in our team and they are you know, trying their best to keep fighting and not be the – team that they were last year where they kind of just laid down and took the loss sure uh we may be going to four and five set matches but i count that as a good thing they're fighting and they're not giving up and even last year i mean you could see how things were starting Mm -hmm. to change with you guys again taking sets off top 25 teams even last year because the mental you know you could see how coach lugo had started to develop the the change and the turnaround what's it been like for you to kind of watch this program rebuild uh, it's it's been really interesting. Uh, I mean, I I I liked how Coach Lugo had uh, you know taught certain things, and I also feel the same about Coach Compton. But like I would have to say, I lean more towards uh, her coaching style because that's very much like how I was taught my entire life, and so I. Uh, I definitely like that a lot more. It, it doesn't always happen where you have an assistant coach, a new coach comes in, you know, sometimes, and it, it happens all the time in a lot of different sports. They want their own guy, their own girl with their own philosophy. But Coach Compton kept you around. What's that relationship been like between you making the rare transition from two different head coaches and what's your relationship like with coach Compton and what is it about her coaching style that you feel meshes so well with yours? Uh, the, uh, the relationship that coach Compton and I have are, is pretty good. Uh, I think we we're at the point where, uh, we're telling the girls, uh, like girls will come off the court on a timeout and She'll tell them exactly what I was wanting to say, and then, uh, you know, I'll say that I'll do the same thing. Sure. Uh, you know, even some days we're in, ending up wearing the same shirt, <laughs> and she likes to joke about that. Uh, but the thing that I think matches up the best with uh, her and I co- coaching styles is, uh, I, I guess, the way that we, you know, don't want the girls to make as many floor moves. I mean, floor moves are great, and especially if you are – doing them correctly but before you continue for people who may not you know be as you know knowledgeable about volleyball present company included in that what do you mean by when you say a floor move what do you mean i mean like uh whenever they dive after a ball and uh either they like roll out of it or they do like a bear crawl out of it uh so like floor moves like that okay and uh, and you're wanting them to do those less less yes because these the girls that we are playing and against these other teams they're starting to hit a little bit higher and deeper on the court and with us making as a lot of those floor moves uh i'm sure you've seen it during games like it just goes literally right over their heads because they're already on the ground and so 
uh, we're just trying to make it to where they make a move first, pass the ball up, set it up, do something before, and then they can finish off with their floor move. Gotcha. McKenzie, we just talked to. She mentioned how sometimes she'll come and talk to you. You'll have stats, maybe have a different idea for her setting, who she should set, how she should set them. What is McKenzie's role on this team and how important has she become this year as the full-time setter? And, and obviously, you know, she never leaves the court. So important for you defensively. And, and she's, I think, everybody has said she's kind of the undisputed leader of this team. I would have to agree with that to, uh, and to an extent. Uh, Kenzie, for our team, is pretty much like the uh, quarterback of a football team. Sure. She's, she's calling out the play. She's... Uh, we actually j just had that conversation mm -hmm. before you came in. Yeah, she's calling out the play. She's deciding who she wants to set and who she believes will have the best chance in that very moment to be able to get our team a kill or put the other team in a position to where they're not, where they're out of system. You know, the ball's not exactly where they want it. And so uh, her role has definitely become a very important one this season, especially since she's by herself. Now, you have a volleyball career of your own. You played in college, had a back injury. Did you always know that you – I mean, obviously, to get to that level, you have to love volleyball. Did you know before you got hurt and had to quit that coaching was going to be something that you wanted to pursue? Uh, no, not at all, actually. <laughs> I went into college believing that I was just going to, uh, you know, coach club volleyball sure. here, here and there to make some extra cash. While I, was, I, while I was pursuing my architectural engineering degree. Sure. And uh, so that was my plan for the longest time. Uh, and then the back injury kind of, uh, you know, derailed that. And so I came back to Oklahoma and was offered an assistant coaching position for an 11-year-old club team. And so that's what started it all. And, okay. Uh, it just kind of led me up here to Wichita. What do you feel is your role as a member of this team as the assistant coach? As the assistant coach, I feel like my role is very similar to what it was last year, you know, dealing more with the uh, defensive side of things. And then uh, obviously with Kinsey, you know, telling, uh, going over with her who she thinks is, uh, you know, out of our hitters, who's on fire, who we should keep setting and then uh, just things like that. So when you guys make a big dig or if Ozzy or Abby makes a big block of the net, that's you. Well, I mean, it's them, yeah. too. It's them, too. It's, it's uh, them, it, mostly. They're the ones out yes, on the court. Yes. <laughs> but that, those, are the, those are the kind of things that you're focused on in practice. It is. It is. And uh, Coach Compton, you know, she's the head coach. She's obviously going to give her input. Uh, of course. In, in it as well. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say during practices uh, that defensive digs and then uh, blocking are what I, my strongest suit is because – I, in college, I was a hitter, and okay. so one thing I learned... Were you an outside, right side? I was an outside. Outside, okay. And so I learned over the years of like what blockers need to do to be able to block a really good hitter and where defensive passers should uh, stand, and that's something I can see very well on the court, especially against another team. Last question for you. It seems like every single time the girls lace it up, 
there's a top 25 team on the other side of the net, and that is not going to change this weekend at the gate. The Northwestern Bearcats, Northwest Missouri State is coming in. They are the number 10 team in the country, and, uh, you know, it it's just another day at the office for you guys. You guys are always playing a top 25 team. And I've been, you know, kind of getting ready, doing my preparation for the match. And they have, you know, not necessarily players that have that are contributing for them this year, but have been AVCA. They're so stacked that they have AVCA All-Americans that aren't even in their top three hitters this year because they have so many. They have so many different ways that they can hurt you with their offense. So as kind of the defensive coordinator for this team, how big of a challenge are these Bearcats going to pose to you guys to keep them off the floor? Well, uh, I guess that's one of the, you know, things that's great about being in the one of the best conferences in the country is you're always playing a top 25 team. Yeah, it seems like it yeah and uh i enjoy it a lot i like the competition and the the competitiveness behind it all and i think one of the things that we'll really have to focus on in practice is just uh making sure that with our blocking we're getting low and over uh, i know the last few games our blocking hasn't been as uh, great as it started out as, and that's just because I think the girls are kind of getting in that routine and they're trying to focus more on getting in front of the hitter instead of, you know, getting all the way over and pressing. Uh, Were you saying, and, oh, you're wanting the hands to be in opponent airspace? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, get it over the plane of the net and pretty much try to steal the ball from the other side. That's a, that's a way I was taught. And... So with our blockers, we need to do that. And for our passers, we know obviously they're not going to be able to block every single ball. So we have to make sure that our passers are right outside of the hitters or our blockers' shoulders or in the seams that they're not covering. That way we can step up into it and into the seam and whatnot and pass that ball up. Coach Sarowski trying to draw together a defensive game plan for the number 10 Bearcats. Northwest Missouri coming in on Saturday. It's a 3 o'clock first serve. I think it's the only 3 o'clock first serve we have on a Saturday this year at the gate. So make sure you make a mental note. We'd love to have you out here with us for the 3 o'clock first serve. Uh, they'll introduce the lineups then. First serve probably about 3.05. If you can't make it here, you can listen, of course, on the Newman Jets Audio Network, newmanjets.com slash listen, or on your mobile device, download the Newman Athletics app, or, of course, watch the match on the MIAA Network, the MIAA Network.com slash Newman. Coach Sarowski, appreciate the time, and we'll see you on Saturday. Sounds good. See you then. That is our show for this week. Coming up on the next in the next couple of weeks on the show, time to get some golf talk. I'm not sure if we're having that next week or the week after, but Coach Torgerson is coming back on the show very, very soon. We've also got some tennis to get to as well. We're not that far away from our fall sports, our bigger part in our winter sports preview. So all that's coming up in the next few weeks. So until next time, Blake Cripps in Wichita saying, Go Jets. <laughs>